Listen to it fizz. Alka-Seltzer. First. Fast. And always. Yes, for first aid to fast relief from acid indigestion, headache, and misery of colds, always take Alka-Seltzer. And now, Alka-Seltzer presents the Quiz Kids and the chief quizzer himself, Joe Kelly. Yes, friends, it's time to enjoy another Alka-Seltzer question session with America's famous quiz kids. We're going to have a look at news events, past and present, this afternoon, and here's a sample of what I mean. What current event of worldwide significance took place outside Philadelphia in 1752? Now, I'll give you folks at home a hint. There's some high voltage in that question. <laughs> and while you think about it, we'll have roll call. So here we go. Patrick? I'm Patrick Owen Conlon. I'm 13 years old and a 1A at Calumet High School in Chicago. Remy? I'm Rennie Templeton. I'm 15 years old and third year at university. Penny? I'm Penny Bergstrom. I'm 12 years old. I'm in the eighth grade at Riley School. Joel? I'm Joel Carverman. I'm 14 years old and I'm in 3A at Roosevelt High School in Chicago. And little Swanky. I'm Frankie Vanderplug. I'm six years old, and I'm in 1A at the Mount Vernon School in Chicago, Illinois. Well, good for you. Now, kids, let's get back to our first question from Mrs. Helen Wilson of Detroit, Michigan. What current event of worldwide significance took place outside Philadelphia in 1752? Now, we have two hands up, and Pat's hand was first. Well, I think in 1752, that was the year Benjamin Franklin set out that kite that had the key on it. That's right. And, and the electricity. That's right. That's very, very good, Patty. <laughs> well, that takes care of number one. Now then, John Wilson of New York City wants you to imagine you were on hand in the telegraph office when a war correspondent wired his paper a story in which he quoted a message from an American general. Now, you kids are to identify the general from hearing his message as it went over the wire in Morse code. Here it is. All right, how about that, children? Joel? Oh, could you please repeat that? All right, let's have it all again, Davy. There you are. Uh, Rennie. Well, this is not nothing that I'm sure of, but I would gather from the shortness of the word that the message might be nuts. <laughs> That's wonderful, Rennie. That's wonderful. So, identify the general. I'm All right, Pat. Well, that'd be General Stilwell, wouldn't it? Oh, no, Patty. Joel. That'd be General McAuliffe at the uh, Baston. That's right, Joel. Right. That's very, very good, kids. About a week ago, the U.N. forces were close to the 38th parallel. Mrs. Grace Henderson of St. Louis asks this question. If the United Nations forces advance that far again, do you think they should cross the 38th parallel if they can or stop there? What do you think about this, Pat? Well, uh, I think they cer certainly should uh, cross the 38th parallel. If they get another chance, I think we should do... Uh, our best to finish the war as fast as we can and hope that uh, no international complications will result. And if they do, at least we'll know where we stand. Uh -huh. And the enemy will anyway. 
All right, Patrick. And uh, Joel? Well, frankly, I don't think we should cross the uh, 38th parallel. Uh, in the light of the events now, I don't think we uh, should have crossed before uh, because we'd only be involving ourselves in uh, further trouble. In order to save our uh, honor with the Far Eastern nations, we should definitely uh, rescue what we came to save, uh, South Korea. We didn't sign up for North Korea, nor did we bargain to get all our armies tied up in an Asian war when uh, Russia might be invading Europe any minute. Uh-huh. All right, how about the rest of you kids? Would you like to uh, participate in this discussion, or shall we go on to more questions? All right. Well, now here's our next question. Mrs. Arthur Beaumont of Amherst, Massachusetts, has had her imagination working overtime, kids. She wants you to suppose that a city has its streets named for the states along our northern boundary in consecutive order from west coast to east coast. Now, if a newsboy's paper route started at Washington Street and extended to Main Street, how many blocks would he walk in delivering his papers? Joel? Well, let's see. From Washington, Idaho, it'd be one. To Montana, it'd be two. To North Dakota, it'd be three. To uh, Minnesota, it'd be four. Wisconsin, uh, five. Uh, Michigan. What did you say? Uh, from, uh, to Wisconsin, Wisconsin would be... Say? Yes. Oh, uh, you're not counting the lakes, are you? Huh? No, no. Oh, then it'd be uh, to uh, New York, five. To oh. New Hampshire, six. And to Vermont, seven. Well, now, wait a minute. You, uh, you ended with Minnesota, and then you threw in Michigan. So Michigan is out, and you're continuing from... Mm -hmm. uh, or, I mean... Uh, Wisconsin is out. Oh. So, from Wisconsin Minnesota and, now... Wisconsin and Michigan are out because of the lakes, is that... No, it? no, uh, Wisconsin is out. Oh, but Michigan isn't. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Michigan to Michigan, seven. <laughs> and, uh, let's see, to... Uh, to uh, then Michigan. to New York, eight. Huh? Uh, well, I don't understand. Are you counting the... Uh, In when consecutive the lakes... order, from west coast to east coast, like well, that. Are you counting when the lakes intervene between the uh, a state and the boundary? Are you counting that state as bounding? Uh, no, north. Well, oh, well, then let's... Wait a second. Michigan 7, I don't know. Oh, you were fine up to Minnesota. Uh, and then Wisconsin got out there, so, so we just be Michigan seven. Aside. Now let's continue after Minnesota. Michigan uh, 7. Michigan? All right. Uh, then New York 8. No. Oh, uh, well, then Ohio 8. Ohio, yeah. New, New York 9, uh, New Hampshire... Uh, no, Vermont 10, New Hampshire 11, and Maine 12. Well, now, uh, wait a minute. We're, uh, we're still off the track here. After Ohio, we missed out on this. Oh, you want Pennsylvania, too? Oh, yes, we have. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, That's minutes. pretty cute. <laughs> now, then, how many, how many blocks? Well, that'd be 13, then. Oh, no, Joel. Oh, there. Oh, now, you're not thinking... You're, are you still thinking of Wisconsin? <laughs> well, I, I, don't, I don't understand whether we should count the states if the lakes intervene, because... Uh, you All right, you start off by saying Washington to Idaho. Yeah, that, that's one. That, that was one. And Montana, two. Montana, two. North no Dakota, three. Yeah. Minnesota, four. four. Michigan, oh, five. Oh, Well, then it'd be 11. Ohio, 11 is right, absolutely right. Uh -huh. <laughs> that uh, was a little confusing there. Now, here's the second part, uh... We'll suppose the streets were named for the planets in the order of their distance from the sun. If the newsboy started from Venus Street and walked four blocks, on what street would he be? Pat? Well, from Venus, he'd go to Earth. Yes. And from Earth, he'd go to Mars. Mars. And from Mars, he'd go to Jupiter, I That's think. right. And from Jupiter to uh, Uranus. Uh, whoop, or Saturn. 
Saturn, so and he so would be... be on Saturn Street. Saturn Street. That's very, very good. <laughs> you know, friends, the colds that are going around uh, could be classed as current events, and uh, here's something you can do about cold misery. Take Alka-Seltzer. Yes, for fast relief from the misery of a cold, take Alka-Seltzer. Alka-Seltzer contains one of the world's most effective pain relievers. And it's a pleasant, refreshing solution that gives welcome relief when you suffer from the unpleasant misery of a cold. Alka-Seltzer is already in solution when you drink it, ready to go to work instantly to help relieve that feverish, ache-all-over misery of a cold. Use Alka-Seltzer as a gargle, too, if your cold causes a sore throat. Just dissolve two Alka-Seltzer tablets in a quarter glass of warm water and gargle with this soothing, comforting solution. <clears throat> Always reach for a glass of sparkling Alka-Seltzer when you want fast relief from the misery of a cold. Yes, Alka-Seltzer can be worth its weight in gold when you're suffering with a cold. The first thing to do is to get a supply of Alka-Seltzer. Keep it on hand for fast cold misery relief during these cold-catching days. Now, always rely on Alka-Seltzer. Ask your druggist for Alka-Seltzer. First, fast, and always. Well, let's see what our next question is. Here's one from Mr. J.W. Kane of Detroit, Michigan, kids. And you are to try making up newspaper headlines of events that took place in these years. First, in uh, 1789. Pat. Oh, I think that'd be uh, Drake destroys the Spanish Armada. Well, now wait just a minute. Joel? Uh... Extra, extra. Washington elect, uh, inaugurated as president. That's a boy, Joel. That's right. <laughs> now, uh, what headlines might you find in 1944? Uh, Frankie? Well, I don't know if this would be any good, but I was pretty little in that chair, but, um, I, I, um, I was born. Born in Washington, D.C., that chair, and that's the capital of the <laughs> That's right. Yeah, little Frankie was born in 1944. <laughs> well, that was quite an outstanding event, Frankie. Yes, sir. June 8th, 1944. Isn't that right? Yes. Well, say, yes, sir. He knows his own birthday. Well, or what am I saying here? All right, let's get along here to our next question. <laughs> That was pretty cute, Frankie. Mrs. Andrew Norwalk of uh, Buffalo, New York, points out that not only does history repeat itself, but certain events in modern history can be compared with events that happened way back in Bible times. Last week, it was announced that uh, King Farouk of Egypt will marry a girl from the ranks of the people, a girl whose loveliness first caught his eye when she was out shopping. Now, this might be compared to what incident in the Bible? Penny? Well, that might be when uh, King David was on his roof, or on the top of his house, and he saw Bathsheba bathing, and he thought she was beautiful to look upon. Uh-huh. And uh, then he found out that she was married to Uriah. Yes. And he uh, wrote to uh, Joab and told him to put Uriah in the front line so he might be killed. Then he could marry uh, Bathsheba. That's right, Penny. That's right. <laughs> well, now... In what way might Gideon's battle against the Midianites remind you of Mary Ludwig Hayes Macaulay's part in the Battle of Monmouth? Pat? Well, I think that was Molly Pitcher, and of That's course, right. in the battle so? against the Midianites, Gideon threw pitchers to scare the uh, Midianites. And they scare them most certainly did. 
By the way, friends, uh, don't forget that we give away wonderful Alka-Seltzer rewards every Sunday afternoon. Oh, sure. When a question is answered correctly, the uh, Alka-Seltzer award is a fine Zenith transoceanic portable radio that gives worldwide reception no matter where you are. It's really a dandy set and one you'll be proud to own. On the other hand, when a question is missed, the Alka-Seltzer award is a Zenith television set or a large console Zenith radio phonograph combination. Now, the television set is the Zenith Buchanan, and believe me, it has everything. A new super range chassis to ensure the ultimate in performance. It has the sensational built-in picture magnet aerial, single knob automatic tuning, and the glare band black tube for clearer pictures. The large console radio phonograph plays all types of records and has AM and FM radio. So, if you would like to try for one of these fine Zeniths, send in a question for our radio program. Address your questions to Quiz Kids, Box Y, Chicago 77, Illinois. Now, Mrs. Ruth Watson of Portland, Oregon, reminds us that natives used to communicate their messages from tribe to tribe by drum beats. And I'm going to dress up this method a little by asking you quiz kids to identify two out of three songs by hearing the rhythm tapped out on a drum. And I have a mighty fancy little drummer here to help us. He is 10-year-old Richard Belcastro, and Richard is all set here in the middle of his drums. And here is the very first one. Joel, would that be the thing? No. <laughs> Richard, let's have it once more. No hands. How about it? Penny. Would that be zing, zing, zoom, zoom? No. No. Pretty close, though. <clears throat> Do we give up on this one? Well, it's, uh... Whoop-de-doo. <laughs> yeah. All right, how about this next one? Pat? Well, that'll be the thing, I suppose. The thing, I suppose. Yes, sir. Well, of course, I asked for two out of three. Uh, I really uh, was in error on that. Uh, we just had the two parts. Uh, so we had a miss on the first part. I remember I told you what it was. I could because I had it on my card here, see? <laughs> yes, sir. And uh, that means that uh, Mrs. Ruth Watson of Portland, Oregon, will receive one of those dandy uh, Zenith radio phonograph combinations or a fine Zenith television set for stomping you kids on that one. Say, by the way, Richard, uh, you really were giving us uh, some little samples there. Uh, I'd like, and I'd like for all the folks to hear you really go to town on that wonderful set of drums of yours. So just give right out with whatever you want to play.
Thank you very, very much, Richard, for ten years old. Boy, you certainly can handle those drums. Now then, uh, kids, back to our... Uh, there's uh, more questions. Try this one from Elizabeth Carlson of St. Paul, Minnesota. Now, just this last week, the great bard Shakespeare was quoted in the English press. Let's see whether you kids can identify the play referred to in each instance. Last week, a member of Parliament, uh, Captain Harry Cruikshank, rose in the House of Commons and described the meat situation in Britain as muddle, muddle, toil, and muddle. And then he went on to say those on the Whitehall Heath could not also say fire burn and cauldron bubble because there is a fuel muddle as well. Rennie? Uh, that would be referring to the first, uh, the Macbeth witches scene, double, double toil and trouble, fire burn, cauldron bubble. Oh, that's correct, Rennie. That's right. <laughs> Macbeth. Uh-huh. Also, the uh, English cartoonist, uh, Vicky, uh, pictured a scene in a certain Shakespearean play. Frenchmen are standing around discussing how courageous the British are because of their beef diet, but the Duke of Orleans remarks, aye, but these English are pointedly out of beef. What play is the basis for the cartoon? Rennie? Henry V, the scene before the Battle of Agincourt. Uh, Orléans speaking to the dauphin. That's wonderful. That's fine. <laughs> Mary Henderson of San Francisco, California, suggests this one. What recent news events in the sports world do these songs suggest? Howard Peterson at the organ will give us a special rendition of each one. All right, Howard, let's have number one. Very special, Howard. Yeah, and uh, Patrick. I think that'll be the Sugar Blue. Sugar Blue, so Sugar Ray Robinson. That's right, Sugar Ray Robinson. (laughs) Now, how about this next one? Pat. That's I want to be happy, and oh. uh, that'll be about Happy Chandler. He's trying to stay in his job as uh, High Commissioner of Baseball. And, uh, well, who else might want to be happy? Uh, Joel? Well, it might be uh, Lafayette, the man that they're considering as his uh, successor. That's right, uh-huh. Could be. <laughs> well, now, let's see here. Uh, <clears throat> now, then, uh, we're going to take some time out. While we uh, hear about... Alka-Seltzer. First. Fast. And always. Remember, friends, Alka-Seltzer is the first thing to consider when you want fast relief from acid indigestion. Yes, always take Alka-Seltzer. Alka-Seltzer is first choice of millions for relief from excess gastric acidity and discomfort of an upset stomach. Alkalize with Alka-Seltzer. Alka-Seltzer brings fast relief because it's a bubbling, refreshing, effervescent solution that's ready to go to work instantly to help relieve acid-upset stomach. Yes, for fast relief from acid indigestion, always keep Alka-Seltzer handy. Alka-Seltzer is always easy to take. Just dissolve one or two tablets in a glass of water, let it fizz, then drink it. (coughs) You'll like the pleasant taste it leaves in your mouth and the wonderful feeling it leaves in your stomach. First, reach for Alka-Seltzer when you want fast relief from acid indigestion. It's always dependable. Ask your druggist for Alka-Seltzer, 
First, fast, and always. And now, kids, for this question from Margaret Bell of Boston, Massachusetts, we are to suppose you are hearing the news announced long ago by the old-time town crier in England. Uh, Franklin Ferguson, I wonder, would you help me out with this, Frank? Well, fine, Joe, but I ought to have a bell, though. You know, these town criers always had a bell. All right, uh, we'll use our school bell. Hear ye, hear ye, treaty rumored. Guthrum defeated at Eddington. All right, kids. Now, uh, Franklin was crying the news of what event? Joe? I believe that's when Alfred the Great defeated the Danes. That's right. That's absolutely right, Joe. <laughs> How about this next one? Hear ye, hear ye. Jacobins and Garandas feud at National Convention. Pat. Be... Pat. <laughs> that would be... Got me doing it now. All that, right, Pat. That would be when the French Revolution was taking place, <laughs> and the Jacobins and the Girondists were the two parties. And... That's very, very good, Pat. Very good. <laughs> now, uh, here is some local news, and our town crier now speaks a different language. Laza, Laza, Peter Jungen met sein Hand, Reda sein Land. Frankie? Well, won't that be in the lake in the dike when um, Peter um, put his hand in a hole in the dike where the water was coming through to own the land and he saved his whole land and everybody thought he was a great hero. You, I should say so. That's right. Frankie knows all right. Thank you, Franklin Ferguson. Das war's gut. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now, uh, kids, most uh, newspapers have an inquiring reporter who asks a daily question of the man in the street. It must be hard to think up new questions every day, but Mary Ann Henderson of Los Angeles, California, wants each of you quiz kids to pretend you are an inquiring reporter. Make up your own question and ask it of the other quiz kids. Uh, Pat, what kind of inquiring reporter would you make? Can you think up a question of that type? Well, uh, let me see. All right. Uh, I'd like to ask any of the kids, uh, what's their device for getting up on time every morning and... Uh, not turning off the alarm clock when they have the urge to do it. Oh, all right, children. Now there's food for thought, huh? How about that? You, you take over, Pat. You're the... All right, Joe. Well, my parents generally wake me up, and then I uh, just lie in bed for 15 minutes till I can smell breakfast. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, uh, let's see. Now, how about you, Penny? Um... Well, Pat, what would you do if you were president? Uh, uh, what would your foreign policy be? My foreign policy? Well, I imagine it would be just about as it is now. I think uh, we're having the right foreign policy right now, with a few minor changes, of course. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Frankie, how about you, son? You got a question? You're, remember, now, you're an inquiring uh, reporter, and... Well, up a tough I evening. could ask it to anybody. Oh, sure, yes. <laughs> All except me. Don't ask me. <laughs> Go ahead, Frankie. I'm just kidding. Joe, do you expect to get married um, right after you get a 
Oh, the colored draw a couple of days after or a couple of days before. Uh-huh. <laughs> wait a minute. Now, wait. What was that again? Let's hear, let's hear that all over again. And do you expect to get married um, as soon as you get out of college or a couple of days after you get out of college or a couple of days before you before get, you out, get of out of college? <laughs> Say, now. I'm afraid I wouldn't really know now, Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, let's see what Rennie has for us. Well, I'm not sure, but having uh, had the experience of working on a high school newspaper which religiously uh, included an inquiring reporter column, I believe I would ask the man and woman in the street exactly what they thought the function of an inquiring reporter column was and what they would ask for questions if they had one. Well, you see, that's what we're doing here now. <laughs> we're trying to do. Pat? We're going around in circles, I Yeah. Well, uh, inquiring reporter asks you, I think he has a very easy job. Uh, they uh, sit around usually all week, or at least they do in our paper. I mean, we have very industrious people, but that isn't the point. <laughs> but the, when they get a brainstorm, they go out and ask the questions, and uh, they ask about ten people, and they use four quotations, and uh, the ones that are pretty good, they use. Uh-huh. Joe? Well, as I understood it, the main job of the uh, inquiring reporter is actually to revise what the... Uh, uh, people whom he interviews uh, say, um, put a little more grammar in it uh, and uh, maybe uh, make it uh, expressed more, uh, uh-huh. expressed better. I see. All right, well, uh, how about you, Joel? If you, uh, you're an inquiring reporter now, right. so you give out with a question. Well, let's see. Let the kids tackle uh, I'd like to know, I guess, uh, even though it isn't directed specifically at him, Pat will probably answer this, uh, what do you think of the uh, military uh, occupation policy in Germany, especially with regard to the uh, war criminals let off a week or two ago? Pat? Well, Joe, I don't think I'd answer that right now. After all, we have just a short program. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right, fine, kids. Now, uh... This question here from Richard Busty of Chicago sounds like a mystery story to me. If you overheard a man say, dump that kill, then lock up the farm and put it to bed, where would you be and what would he mean? Rennie? I believe you'd have to be in a a general uh, uh, arts craft. Lock up the kill would be referring to a a ceramics kill. Well, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, Pat? Well, that might be in a newspaper office. Well, yes, because, uh, well, now... Uh, well, uh, the put it to bed means to put it to press. And all right, the, uh, and dump the kill. Well, that would mean the thing that they aren't using, they'd throw it out. Yes, and, the and form, lock up the mean, form. Uh, lock up the form and put it in uh, in the press. That's a boy, Pat, that's right. You'd be in the printing shop. Well, say, uh, kids, that was our bell, and uh, before I give out your awards, here's an important message. Friends, you don't need to be one of the millions of people who feel dull, pepless, below par, or who have poor appetites, poor digestion, or jumpy nerves because of a lack of essential vitamins. One-a-day brand multiple vitamins give you complete protection. They furnish your requirements of not one, not two, not three, but all vitamins known to be essential. So don't let lack of vitamins handicap you. Take one-a-day brand multiple vitamins every day and make sure of your vitamin health. Remember that name, one-a-day brand, the kind in the blue carton with the big one. 
Well, I, uh, I think you quiz kids did mighty well with your test on current events, past and present. And, uh, of course, as usual, you will each receive a $100 savings bond from the makers of Alka-Seltzer to help you with your future education. Well, now, I hope we can mark all of you listeners present in class next week because we have quite a surprise coming up. Oh, yes. So try to be with us, won't you? Until next Sunday, this is Joe Kelly dismissing the quiz kids. Goodbye, kids. Bye, Mr. Kelly. Listen to the quiz kids coast to coast every Sunday afternoon. And see and hear Alka-Seltzer's Quiz Kids television show on NBC. Consult your local newspaper for time and station. This is Franklin Ferguson speaking. For family fun today, it's Mr. and Mrs. Blandings and Phil Harris on NBC.